Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. I'm your coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and I'm here to share all my ups, downs, and all-arounds of being a mom to my gorgeous Adia, owning a fitness business called Define London, and truly managing being a unsingle single mom as we cheer on my husband and his amazing business in Uganda. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. Is this a mic check? You heard that right. Uganda, and he is not doing the daily commute. So each week, I will be joined by a fellow inspiring, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We all need to take a deep breath together. We try, we navigate, and not be too hard on ourselves. I get it. I am human, and failures simply happen. I am not shiny, and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am, at its best and worst, busy mumsy. Happy Wednesday, my busy mumsies. Ashley here. Oh, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How on earth are we nearing the end of another year? What? We really are in the swing of November. Ah, my birthday month. Time just simply flies. I swear, Adia is growing like a weed, a complete chatterbox, and getting more and more fearless by the second. And, you know, speaking of fearless, uh, I'm going to have to put on my fearless cap today as my next Busy Mumsy guest is a TV and radio presenter. And that makes me nervous. She is crystal clear and polished. And, well, I just simply need to get it together in the next minute or, or two. Nikki Shields is a British television presenter, best known as Formula E pit lane reporter. A biological science graduate of the University of Bristol, she got a job for UBS, which she left after one year to found the social media company StarCount. Shields began her presenting and reporting career in 2012, and her work has included the BBC One show, Escape to the Country, and Supercharged on CNN International, and most recently, CNN Eyes, Saved by the Future. She is a car nut, and I haven't a Scooby. I haven't a complete Scooby. But as we know, knowledge is power, so I am here to learn. My husband, Ricky, well, he is over the moon about this chat. He loves, loves, loves cars. He even texted me with some questions that I am meant to ask, so I said yes, I'm going to ask the questions for my Ricky. So let's dive on into this week's Busy Mumsy Chat. Nikki Shields, welcome to the Busy Mumsy podcast. Bring you back. I'll bring you back. <laughs> oh, we're into the room. Nikki Shields is on the Busy Mumsy podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having us. Uh, it's wonderful to be here. <laughs> oh, for the listeners, I you know I'll definitely be be posting this. We've got Nikki's delicious six month old joining us. I'm sure he has lots to wow. say. Oh, oh my gosh! Did you just hear that? What timing? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I was hoping you might say something rather than burp, but um, yes, he has just had his bottle of milk, and this is Orlando, well, and he's just a comedian in the making. You didn't even know it. Not not a Formula E driver, but a comedian in the making. Exactly. There you go. Live on the mic for the first time. <laughs> oh, he's that's perfect. Well, Nikki, I know that you are very, very, very busy. You are that of a the title just says it all, Busy Mumsy, with a absolute mega career as a TV presenter for Supercharged on CNN, BBC's Formula E Championship. What was it like for you to transition Supercharged cars to baby bottles? 
Tell me, what was it like? Let's go back. Arthur's three now. Oh my goodness. Where's the time gone? What was it like when you first found out you were expecting? It's gone so fast, hasn't it? Um, I guess it just gets faster as well, which is scary. Um, I well, the, I think the good thing is that doing the job that I do every day is different, and it's always quite busy, and you're always sort of prepared uh, to expect the unexpected. Um, so I think that kind of prepares you for the unknown with becoming a mum, <laughs> really, Absolutely. because uh, you know I think I'm. <laughs> be honest I think that's for my life being tired and trying to catch up with sleep so I'm quite good at like power napping or you know I can sleep on flights I can sleep in the afternoon I can sleep at any time um, you know if I, I, I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you a little thing but I, I think I'm older than you I I'm all about the ponytail that you pull it back tight and then you lift it and then you add a few extra ponytail holders and it's like an instant like pullback as if you've had like 50 hours of sleep so, right great I'm gonna do this now for my next meeting <laughs> I know, but especially as my skin is getting older, it's like you can't really put quite as much makeup on because then it just goes in all the creases. It's it's a it's a tr- tricky decision on what to do. You know what 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 we do to create children and um, you know create you know comedians or you know Formula E drivers. You know we. <laughs> Totally. For the team and it's so absolutely work, worth it for sure. So go back. What was it like finding out you are expecting baby, baby Arthur and you are, you know, mega career and always in the public eye? How did you handle that and telling the world? Ah, uh, well, I not I don't think I handled it particularly well, to be honest. I um I was I think I was really nervous and I was a bit unsure about how it would go down with my work and I was a bit worried that everyone would just say kind of write me off for the next year and obviously you know if you're out of work in my industry for a year then it never looks good and obviously one job is the next one so unfortunately you've kind of got to still be seen to be busy and in it um so I was really quite worried I was definitely nervous about like showing off my bump telling work I just sort of powered on as normal, really. I didn't didn't want to be treated any differently, which in hindsight was probably a big mistake because then, I mean, I basically worked up until sort of the week before he was born and um, he arrived three weeks early, kind of underweight at five pounds um, and with an emergency C-section, which I slightly hold, I feel accountable for because I didn't rest and I didn't really look after myself. Um, I think I, I managed, I mean, I suppose I managed to do a few of those pregnancy Pilates classes, which second time round, no, I, I think I got to one. Um, but that was about the only time that I sort of had for myself. So in hindsight, second time round, I took it a little bit more easy and looked after my body and I rested. And um, Orlando came out sort of average size, bang on about 7.6 pounds, I think. So I don't know, it might be completely unrelated, but it could be something. (laughs) But you know what? You you just did touch on something about feeling responsible for, you know, Arthur being premature, coming coming early and being, you know, ever so slightly underweight. But let's hone in on the the real factor that women feel the pressure to still hold a torch to find their place in, in the workplace. Yeah, very and much so. It's, you know, I, I come from the Broadway background and we are replaced like that. I mean, when I, not that at the time I, I 
was immediately replaced when I blew my knee out. Um, I was performing in a show called Gigi on Broadway. I blew my ACL out. They had my replacement the next day. I was gone. That that was it. So it's just like we are immediately replaced. So when you are in that environment, when did you decide then to tell everyone that you were expecting with Arthur? And how was that for you and the experience? Well, obviously, sort of with, you know, close family, um, I told them as, as soon as I possibly could, I think. I don't think we really, or maybe we did wait till about 10 weeks just because I was kind of worried, you know, if something went wrong. Um, but with work, I, I waited till I was about 19 weeks pregnant. I remember it was a formulary race. And um, yeah, I told everyone and they were like, how pregnant are you thinking? I, I think they sort of expected I'd say about 12, 13 weeks. I was like, oh, nearly 20 weeks. They're like, what? <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I was, I was worried about it. And I always remember I told Vernon, it was at the sort of team and crew, which is where we have um, all our meals, which is where like everyone goes for lunch in formulary. And I told him and he was so excited. He like jumped up. I was like, oh my God, she's having a baby. <laughs> so I was like, like oh, everyone knows now. The response that you thought you were going to get. Yeah, it was really oh, nice. I mean, that's <laughs> so heartwarming. I have to know, were you getting in and out of those cars? Because well, let me tell you, even at like 20 weeks for me, I was like waddling like a duck. And like, I was, so I was luckily, like getting out of those cars. Yeah, first time round, I had quite a neat bump. Less so second time round. Um, but yeah, first time round, it didn't really show for a while. And um, I actually did, I was, it was for CNN. I did a feature. I actually drove at a formulary race on a street circuit. I drove the DS E-Tents um, concept car it's like a supercar I mean it's mental if you google it it's a really cool mental oh no I I actually can sense right now when (laughs) when my husband listens to this he's like oh my gosh that car is amazing (laughs) I can already like feel like the smoke coming out of his ears oh well it's it's yeah I mean and I did that about six months pregnant and wore you know race suit and got in I mean it had a normal seat belt which I think was the reason that I was allowed to do it whereas if it had been a a kind of race car you know like the um the seat belts, the sort of the pop five pin ones, the quick release ones. Yeah, the quick release in the yeah. center, which would have been over my bump. So I wouldn't have been able to do that. But because it had a proper normal seat belt, I was allowed to do it. Um so oh. that was fun. <laughs> but yeah, it just was a sign of that I wasn't wasn't slowing down, that's for sure. No. But I love that. You know, I didn't want to slow down and you know, I wanted to no, work. I agree with you. I never I never wanted to slow down when I was expecting Adia. And I think that if I would have I probably mentally would have just like back to smoke coming out of the ears. I probably just would have been a disaster. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, um, you know, I, 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 I too worked clear up through and then I, I took a couple weeks off and um, I had Adia. But now that you have, you know, the world knows that you're having a child. What <laughs> what was it like for you then to approach the the other side of a bounce back baby body like that kind oh, of like yeah. oh, I want to get back behind the microphone and you know smiles and ready to report what was that for you it's funny I don't it didn't really it wasn't actually a thing I, I wasn't worried about this sort of um yeah that the bounce back baby body I think I was a bit surprised at how long it took I remember thinking at about after about six weeks I still um, you know, if nothing much had changed. I was like, oh, I thought this was going to go back a little bit quicker. Um, but actually, I found after about six months, I was because I was sort of breastfeeding, I'm convinced I didn't really do any exercise. 
a little bit maybe, but I'm convinced that breastfeeding helped me get my body back this time around. Oh God, it's been so much slower. I mean, how, how is oh, that? It's just, I mean, I'm just giving myself time. I I just don't have time to get to the gym at the moment. It's not a priority for me, to be honest. Um, I can, I can fit back into my most of my clothes um but it's definitely um a very different texture shall we say <laughs> so uh, but, but you know what it's just not a Pack it in. yeah it's like exactly I, I mean hence why I'm wearing like this ridiculously loose dress which I wore when I was pregnant um uh yeah it's just not not a priority for me at the moment if I've got spare time when I'm not working, so I've gone back to work, um, then I just want to be with the boys or sleeping. <laughs> I don't have time to get up earlier and go to the gym at the moment. And I know that in six months' time, I probably will, and that's fine. I'll just go when I feel like I can manage it. But at the moment, I feel like I can't. <laughs> and for that busy mumsy who feels the pressure, what what do you advise? Like, just, just fun advice. I mean, th- this to me is a coffee chat. Yeah. And- you know, I'm, uh, trust me, I always have it nearby. It's like cheers with coffee in hand. I I find that it's so refreshing to hear from someone who is in the public eye, things that you think of that like, or do that kind of keeps your mind in a more healthy state to have that connection to your body to be okay that, oh, I might be like, you know, tucking in a bit more or yeah. still wearing, as you said, oh, I wore this while I was pregnant. Like, being okay with that. Do you have any advice or things that you do that keeps you in a more healthier mindset that you could share with the busy mumsy yeah, listener? Definitely. I think like there are, there are, I think it's also about like the choice of clothes that you wear. Like the dress I'm wearing now, for example, like I love it. It's like cool. It's got like a cool little collar on it's denim, yeah. but it's not tight. It's flowing, but it's still a cool shape. And I think we're really lucky with fashion at the moment is that actually kind of baggy loose clothes you don't necessarily have to spend your life in you know a a baggy t-shirt and your tracksuit bottoms there are still lovely clothes that you can buy you don't need to spend a lot of money on it you know go to H&M because you know if you do get back into your old body shape then it might be a bit big but actually the size you know if it's that sort of loose fitting so I think forget about your old clothes trying to squeeze back into them because it's just a silly goal that you're setting yourself that you know if you fail you're going to feel guilty about and it's you know it's a goal that achieves what nothing really um unless it does make you feel particularly good about yourself but personally I just think go out just treat yourself to a few nice new pieces just from H&M or Zara or whatever it doesn't need to spend a lot of money um that's just got a nice shape that suits your body now and you'll feel great I, I think or that's how I feel I, I have worn a couple of dresses where it's been too tight I'm bulging out and I sit down and I'm like this is not good I'm putting this dress away. I don't want to wear it. And I'll wear the stuff that I feel comfortable in at the moment. I I think it's so important to, to like hear from, from other moms about like, no, I, 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 I focus in on other priorities and not like, I, I mean, I'm from the fitness world and from the Broadway world where aesthetic is so important and it's so ingrained in your head. After I had Adia, all I cared about was making sure she was healthy and I mean, we were in a lockdown, so we were in our, you know, sweatpants and Lululemon and sweaty Betty anyway, yeah. so it didn't matter. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I never put, I never put the pressure back on myself. And mm. 
Um, even after I had miscarried, I didn't put the pressure back on myself because my body had to go through all the hormones again and yeah, all of this exactly. stuff. And yeah. I just needed to find a way to get myself healthy mentally first before yeah. I could even think about, you know, from yeah. my eyebrows down, exactly. of making out, you know, aesthetically pleasing, if you will. Totally. And, and also you're right. You know, you've got your hormones are going everywhere. You're not really sleeping that well. Um, if you are breastfeeding, you need to be eating like all the right food. Otherwise your milk's just going to dry up. Um, it's not a time to start sort of going on you know we don't call them diets now healthy eating um you know it's not the right time for some people for me it wasn't anyway but but for other people it might you know that might just be the right thing you know I I also think if some people if you were massively fit and healthy I'm not really into my exercise if I'm honest like you know whereas if for those that are London right Nikki I could never get you to divine London because I know. Oh, don't. Exactly. That basically, I have a personal trainer who texts me once a year and is like, Nikki, are you ever coming Again. back? And, I, and then I go and I see him and he's like, oh, look, nice to see you now. Your child is, you know, this age, that age. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start coming every week. And then, of course, a year goes by and I see him again. So for me, but, but obviously for other people, you know, exercise is such a key thing for them and for, you know, your mental wellness as well. Um, so if that suits you, then crack on and get back to it as soon as possible. But if you weren't doing it before, don't put the pressure on yourself to start crazy new habits and regimes. And you are clearly very back focused into work. You, you're now. Yeah, that's my thing. Exactly. That's how I get my kicks going back yeah. to work. So, so you, you are now juggling two children in yeah. the house and a career. How are you managing that now? Um, am I managing it day by day pretty much day by day I, I tried to sort of when um, Orlando before he was arriving hello darling it's, yes we're talking about you now um, before Orlando was arriving I was sort of trying to plan the next year with like childcare and how it was going to work and with my work and obviously I wonder what it is I didn't know a how the birth would have gone how much what kind of a baby he was going to be if he was when he was going to sleep through the night how he was going to feed so the idea of trying to plan work and childcare was just a stupid idea so I gave up on that and just thought right well let's just take it a month at a time and see how it goes and that's exactly what we've done and at the beginning um, I mean fortunately we I had a really positive birth we had a elective C-section. I debated a long time whether to have a V-back or an elective C-section. I decided in the end that I just didn't want it to end in an emergency C-section. <laughs> so we went for an elective C-section. It was incredible at Queen Charlotte's in Hammersmith, which is where I was born. It's where my mum was born. It's where my husband was born. Bizarre. Um, we're so sad. We've gone so far in our lives. Um, literally, it's like a four minute drive from where we live at the moment. Um, we have a little bit of a field. I'll take one for that. You're, you are busy. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yes, so the birth was great. And he, I felt second time around, I knew the heck what I was doing. You know, I, I knew how to for breastfeeding. I knew how to get my milk supply up. I knew I had to feed every three hours, which was a massive shock to me when I had Arthur. I was like, what? Every three hours? I was like, nah, nah, <laughs> no. Yes. 
every three now, now you're just if not more <laughs> um, like full speed ahead yeah so then I felt confident I did go back to work just just part-time um I had a, a job in Monaco that I wanted to do it was a Formula E race um and Orlando was only seven weeks old so he was a teeny little thing and um I went for two nights so obviously to most mums that's probably like you couldn't even comprehend doing that um but I decided that I was up for the challenge um, and we had a wonderful maternity nurse who came and was obviously a much better mum <laughs> for those two days than I could ever be she's looked after hundreds of babies so knew exactly what she was doing so he was in very good hands obviously at home also with my husband and Arthur um, but yeah so we did that and then I sort of and then I came back and obviously was at home for a couple of weeks and then I went away to another race and I think I did three nights. So I sort of slowly increased the work. Um, and the main reason I had to do it then is because that's the way the Formula E season runs. It runs from January to right. August. And now I'm finished. And I have taken off the whole of um, the rest of October, which I'm not working at all. And so I'm going back to sort of being a full-time mum again, which is really, which I'm really looking forward to. So I think I just had wanted to take that work at the time and I juggled the childcare to suit that and now I'm gonna have a whole month just chilling with the boys as a full-time mum which I'm looking forward to as well which is amazing <laughs> yeah exactly you need to have that opportunity to to pick and choose and to work because you have established yourself in you know the limelight and a career and people trust you and you are that go-to for all of the knowledge with the formula e I have to tell you, and I, I actually just for the busy mumsy listener, I've I've already told Nikki this prior to me pushing record, um, because my husband is a super fan. Yep. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say it right now. He is a Nikki super fan. He <laughs> followed your YouTube channel. He's followed your entire career. So I have allowed. Yes, I have allowed Ben <laughs> to send across. Three questions, only because he is in Uganda. Uh, and and he, he was just like, oh my gosh, you're going to have her on the show. I, I I need to know these three things. And I was like, you only get three, so make it good. So number one, Nikki. Okay, go on, hit me. Number one, <laughs> what would be your dream three-car garage, or as you would say in the UK, garage? Oh, the garage or the garage. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, what, what, which garage? You mean the on-street parking that I've got at home, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that will that would be the dream just to have a garage even if there are no cars in it right. um, okay three cars. this is such a difficult one but um I would go for okay so a bit retro but I would go for a Golf GTI Mark II which is like a classic uh it's an old school Golf uh in black with a bit of red trim and it's a car that my dad had when I was growing up and I just remember they're like my first memories of you know sitting on his lap driving a car you know I was obviously not driving but you know when you're sort of like three or four and you're just sitting on this app holding the steering wheel and we've got loads of photos of it and um obviously we don't have it anymore but yeah I think a car like that because that uh just brings me so much nostalgia and kind of got me into cars really yeah so one of those um I would then go for a Ferrari F40 because every garage has got to have a Ferrari in right and uh, the F40 was a kind of pin-up car for me. Um, and then I would have to go for something electric, obviously. 
And I really, it's a really difficult one because at the moment I've got a BMW iX and I adore it. So I could put that in my garage. But then having said that, I should probably go for something that I don't have right now. So I would go for... So the third car that I would go for, yeah, is the McMurtry. This is a fully electric car and it's just broken the hill climb record at Goodwood. Uh, Max Chilton, who is an old buddy, uh, he smashed the record. And it's a record that was standing since like the 90s by Nick Heidfeld. So this is like a seriously fast car. It's a single seater sports car and it looks mega. So yeah, look up the McMurtry. It's a tongue twister. That is a (laughs) Is that the is that the car that they they've hooked up to a house to to power a house? That's not the car they powered a house, but you know what? You could you could <laughs> exactly no. It's amazing how well all electric cars effectively will potentially power our houses in the future because they are this That's battery really store electricity my- store. I feel yeah. like in like two years you're going to be like doing nothing but like talking about that like constantly. Yeah, I hope so. I hope right. more and more people get electric cars and yeah, appreciate that we've got to, you know, use it as a sort of second store of electricity. That it yeah. will happen. What do you think about like giving back to the world and making it, you know. Yeah, exactly. Right, for our little ones to grow up in. All right, number two. Are we ready? Favorite Formula E driver. Oh. That's hard. That's hard. Um, I would get so either Antonio Felix da Costa, who is a Portuguese driver and he's hysterical, got lots of character, but also Sam Bird. He's like the British driver, well, one of the British drivers, but he is the only driver to have almost raced in every race of, of uh, Formula E. I think he did 99 out of the 100, or no, he did 98 out of the 100 because he then um, hurt his wrist in the last round. Um, but anyway, he's British driver and one of the first Formula E drivers I ever met. And, uh, He's from Surrey as well, so you know, got a lot in common. Okay. okay. <laughs> Favorite country that you love to drive in? Ooh, oh, Italy. Gotta be Italy, I think. The just the, like the Tuscany, t- like just all yeah. around, like the t- you know, um, yeah. Oh gosh. Or we went, where did we go to? All around Luca, all around the coast. I mean, you could go around to Lake Como. I mean, there are just so many beautiful roads there. And then obviously beautiful places to stop off on the way. Right. I mean, I, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, I could go to the vineyard and he could go for a drive. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Done. Pick Done. up your Ferrari from Marinello and then off you go into the Tuscan Hills. Oh, I love it. And I, and I really appreciate you indulging my husband with his three questions. <laughs> I, I, I have, I have my answer. questions for you because I know that you are very busy and you are off into the sunset with so much work to get on with today. Um, I do love to end a busy mumsy chat with like a passing of the torch, like a little bit of advice for that, you know, expecting busy mumsy. And today I kind of want to take it in the angle of that busy mumsy that is expecting baby two. Okay. You know, that experience of like, what helped you to navigate bringing Orlando home to kind of make it a perfect scenario for Arthur, who's already established, right? Because Arthur's like, it's like he's like the king of the castle and now we're bringing baby number two into the home. Like, how did you navigate that for the first few weeks? Yeah, it's it's such a big um, moment, isn't it? And I think there's there is some pretty good advice out there. And, you know, things like you get um, get a gift from 
Orlando to give to Arthur. So the new baby has a gift for the older child when you arrive. And uh, not to be like holding the baby when they meet them for the first time, have the baby in a crib so that they don't get jealous. And I think just, you know, give them lots of love and attention. And I think in hindsight, I almost, I was worried so much about how Arthur would respond. And so we had, I had, I'd made sure that every week I had a day with him um, so he goes to nursery three days a week. Then I made sure I had a day with him and not with the baby so that like my mom or Mark or whatever would look after the baby for most of the day so that I could just have the one-to-one time with Arthur. But actually in hindsight, I think then that's stopped him bonding with Orlando as fast. So I think you've just got to follow the signs of your child. And you know if they do act out or if they do seem... I don't know, just not quite themselves, you know, just give them that extra love and attention and you know why. Um, don't sort of, you know, put it down to them being a naughty toddler. You know, not naughty, are they? They're just feeling emotional and they can't express their feelings. Right. So I think just always remember that. And actually that will go, you know, that doesn't just go away in the first two weeks. Um, and I feel like it's been, yeah, so it's been six months now and I definitely have seen a difference probably in the last, I think even in the first three months, he was absolutely fine. He never poked him or did anything mean but he was just a bit more unsettled and a bit more emotional and I think you just got to remember that that's why um so don't yeah don't expect him to be best friends from the beginning but it's it's happening now and it's really sweet and he'll sort of make him laugh and play with him and cuddle him and cough all over him which is lovely spreading his germs from nursery <laughs> all over my precious baby <laughs> so just know that the, he's just actually getting a very good setup for life exactly 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 oh <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure to meet you finally oh i'm so happy you have no i know my husband is a bit jealous yep. so- <laughs> well thank you so much for having us uh, i hope i hope um apologies for orlando's burping unbelievably rude no <laughs> i think he just wants to be part of it in the making or a formula e driver in the making so he can burp away <laughs> exactly <gasps> i know thank i think you. i'm gonna make him become a rugby player driving's too scary <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, you have a glorious day. <laughs> and you, thank you so much for having us. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Busy Mumsy Podcast. If you have enjoyed this week's show, then please, please give it some extra love wherever you download your podcast and give it a five-star rating, a high five, a kickball change, a yes, yes, go Busy Mumsies. And don't forget, you can find out more information about this week's guest, what we discussed, and everything else related to the world of Busy Mumsy by clicking the link in the show notes down below. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.